0: a special guest with us today, Judge Janine Pirro. Judge Janine, probably most well known for her show on the Fox News channel, Justice with Judge Janine, is here with us in Dayton, Ohio today. Judge Janine is a former prosecutor, a New York Times best-selling author, an Emmy award winner, and a fierce advocate for what she believes in. We know Judge Janine most because she is part of our family. She's a self made woman. She's a loving mother, a loving daughter, and we are blessed that she has made time to be with us here today. Judge Janine, welcome. Hello, Judge Janine. Welcome to the Midwest.
1: It's great to be here. I love the Midwest. You know, I was in Chicago. Was Chicago considered the Chicago, Midwest?
0: Chicago is considered the Midwest. All
1: right. Well, I had a syndicated show, and I would love coming to Chicago. I mean, it was beautiful. The people are nice. I mean, it was like New York City, but cleaner, and the people are nicer. But don't tell them that in New York City.
0: The people in the Midwest <laughs> are nice people. Yes, yes. and I, I know but in travels up to New York City... Uh, <laughs> People in New York always thought we were up to something because we were smiling, and yeah. we were just nice. We were just happy people. Sad, isn't it? Well, it's just the way it is. So you're here in a very interesting time in America right now. But what I'm interested in talking to you about is, you know, you have been successful at everything you've done. You're a self-made person from upstate New York. Mm-hmm. You're the daughter of immigrants. I want to know, what led to, What was it about your background and upbringing that led to your success
1: well uh, you know i, I must um, I, I must give credit to my parents as as i 'm sure you do uh, we 're all products of our environment as well as uh, you know our genes and my My dad uh, was from Scranton, Pennsylvania, and my mother, although she was born in Cortland uh, she was sent to Lebanon where she was raised and so I have that culture uh, inbred in me as well uh, it 's all about for me it was all about family. God, country, and education. And I think that you hear that from most immigrant countries, uh, or immigrants, I should say. Um, for me, it was trying to be the best I could be and recognizing that there weren't any limits. So um, I'm no spring chicken. Uh, and I decided early on that I wanted to be a lawyer because I used to watch Perry Mason. And all the time, you know, the, they always had the wrong guy. And it always upset me that they had the wrong guy. But I never went into defense work. I ended up going into of prosecution work, and then I—I I always wondered how Hamilton Berger got reelected. You know, the guy was always wrong whenever he indicted someone. But that's besides the point. I—I I think it's a strong family background. I think it's a background uh, that America provides all of us, and that is the ability, no matter who you are, what you look like, or for me, what your sex was at the time, uh, to be able to succeed. And hard work is—you know—it—it is, you know, it, it is the—it the, it gives you the opportunity to level the playing field, and as long as we have the equal opportunity, uh, then we're in a position to get to the goals that we want.
0: Well, you've broken a lot of barriers, Mm -hmm. Uh, and in the current environment we're in, it seems like there's a victim culture, Mm -hmm. Uh, and you fit into several potential categories uh, that would qualify you to be an official victim, uh, what do you say to people in this day and age that believe that the, the walls are there and there are barriers to the success that you've achieved?
1: Well, you know, and I, and I appreciate you recognizing the, the small uh, hurdles that, that I've been able to overcome, but, I mean, there's so much more that can be done. But I don't believe in victimhood. Uh, people don't know today what real victimhood is. I do. I prosecuted crime for 30 years, three decades, uh, as a prosecutor, and then as an elected district attorney, and even as a judge in the in the uh, county courts. Uh, that's what real victimhood is. And all this nonsense about people saying, you know, I didn't have the equality of opportunity. They're not looking for the equality of opportunity. What they're looking for is the equality of the win—that they should win because of who they are. I don't buy that. Neither neither. Neither does anyone else. I think that uh, the sooner people get over the victimhood nonsense, and even criminals used it a lot. I mean, criminals used to say, oh, I come from a poor family and I was abused as a child. I don't give a damn if you were abused as a child. I feel bad for you, but we're here because you abused someone else. And right there is where you break the connection between your background and what you do in your future to someone else. There is no excuse. There is no justification for that and that's where my intolerance comes from people who you know like uh, we hear it a lot with Black Lives Matter the organization which is a Marxist uh, 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 fascist organization that truly doesn't even believe in the nuclear family I mean their focus is you know we want equality and they march down the streets and they say you know my family used to live in this neighborhood you should get out of this neighborhood or they trespass or they threaten and when people try to protect themselves with guns you know the people who protect themselves using the Second Amendment uh, as a backdrop are then arrested. Everything is upside down in America today, and the victimhood nonsense should be out in the garbage.
0: What would you tell the people in middle America, from Ohio, and, you know, we all carry... We live in this part of the country, somewhat of a chip on our shoulder that we're overlooked or we're considered a rust belt state. As we're watching all this play out in what appears to be the coastal cities in New York and Washington D.C. and Southern California, mm-hmm. what would you tell to people like us in the Midwest how we should view what's happening right now in America?
1: Well, you know, it's a mixed bag to an extent, J.P. It's a, it's a blessing. Uh, you know, because we've watched, you know, cities and businesses burn, and I'm not to say that the Midwest has been exempt for that from that, but uh, there is this comma on each side of the United States where somehow everyone feels that, that they have been wrong, that they deserve reparations, and it's almost as though you guys are not part of the discussion. You're not part of, you know, the equation. And as far as I'm concerned, you guys are the heartland. You are a America, and I don't mean to disrespect people on on the right coast, on the east or the west coast. But what I'm telling you is that it is the heartland that has been able to make sure that we survive during the pandemic. Whether you know it's the truckers or the farmers or all the thing that's going on to help us survive in this country, uh, you've got to make sure that you are uh, focused on who you elect, and you know the truth and an honesty. Uh, have meaning they don't anymore on the east coast and the west coast well they they definitely do here and we know they do with you so
0: i switch gears a little you you have really had a diversified career you're a very courageous person you're not afraid to express your views or you're afraid yet you still express them uh you have uh, authored seven books three new york times bestsellers you've uh, had an emmy award-winning syndicated television program uh how did you make the leap to diversify in such an amazing way?
1: Well, thank you. I, I, you know, to me, it was all natural. You know, I, I was talking to my sister last night, and she said to me, you know, Janine, you, you, I, I remember asking you about 25 years ago, what would you do if you failed? And she said, you said, failure isn't anything that I even think about. And when she said that, it kind of, a kind of, kind of brought back a lot of confidence that you start losing when you realize that the system that you invested in for 30 years of truth and justice uh, and accountability and consequences and responsibility have been turned upside down. Uh, and and now what I think is, is important is when you make a decision to leave one career, that you bring some of that career with you. And so I brought the issue of truth and light and justice to television. I mean, everybody thought, I would be talking about my wheelhouse, which is crime and justice. I realized that there was more crime going on in in Washington than there is in criminal courtrooms in the country. Uh, and, and then I just wrote about it in my books. They were all easy segues. But I think one thing that, that I need to mention is that I made the decision after three terms as district attorney to leave I loved it it was the best job in the world but I knew it was time it was a self-imposed term limit so that the the idea of conservatism the idea of of moving on was in essence who I was you know you know power corrupts but absolute power corrupts absolutely and not that I'm saying that that was the case but I didn't want to just skid through the next 20 years knowing that I could be reelected. And so you keep the fire going, and you keep moving, and you keep the message. The message has never changed. It's about the underdog, the person who never asked to be a victim. It's about the taxpayer who pays but gets nothing from it. You know, It's about people learning what the truth is when I write my books. And so it's always the same message, but in a different medium.
0: So, Janine, you, uh, you mentioned your sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, again, I know you as uh, a family person, as a, a, a cousin, a relative, as yeah. a daughter. We're cousins. As a sister. Uh, why don't you share something about yourself that the public doesn't know? They know you as a fiery, confident advocate for what you believe in. Uh, I know you. I know a different side of you. What would you be willing to share to people listening that they don't know about you?
1: Uh, you know, you just kind of assume that people know you, and then you realize that you know when people say, "Man, she's some tough woman," or you know, or, or Hannity will say to me, "Man, I never want to get on your bad side," and and I say, "I don't." I'd understand I'd say that too. It. I would but say I that don't too. Understand it because I love to laugh. I love to cook. I love animals. I had two pigs. I mean, and you know, as soon as I got them in my town in West. Chester, affluent suburban uh, community in New York, right outside of the city. They passed an ordinance that no one could have farm animals, but I grew up as a kid in upstate New York. I worked in a dairy, you know, and so I had my pot-bellied pigs that grew to 250 pounds, one of them for 15 years, you know, and I would go out and feed them, and I would clean the pig house, and you know, I I love animals, and I, I still work out. I have a lot of energy, and I'm not going anywhere unless God says it's time, and Hopefully, it isn't time yet. Uh, can you
0: share a little story? We we all of us were watching you uh, when you had your interview on the View, and the, <laughs> the altercation still pops up uh, and virally. Uh, the altercation that you had on the View with Will Be Goldwork. Can you
1: share what happened there and, and uh, how that actually went down? You know, it was. I think it was my. The, the first political book I wrote, Liars, Leakers, and Liberals. Uh, and uh, I had co-hosted that show many times. I had been a guest on that show many times. I, they were all friends of mine. Whoopi and I never agreed politically, but we'd laugh in the makeup room, and, and the same with Joy. Uh, but all of a sudden, I saw what America saw, and that is once you supported Donald Trump, you were hated you were despised they unfriended us they didn't want they didn't want to communicate with us they didn't want us to speak and as sure as i'm sitting here jp i'm telling you free speech is going down the tubes if they have their way but we started talking and, and you know, went well for the first segment. I thought it was just one segment, you know. And then I realized they said stay for another segment. I'm like, okay, and that's when it started. And uh, she started and I started. You can go watch it on Google. Uh, and I didn't take their crap. And then she basically uh, threw down her cards and walked, walked off the set. And I just remember walking down the stairs and saying, whoopee. Don't tell me I don't care about victims. I think it was like, uh, I'm not sure what the argument was, but I remember saying, don't ever tell me I don't care about victims. I've devoted my life to victims. I've devoted my life to making them whole again. So don't you dare. I mean, there are certain lines you don't cross with me. She said, get the F out of the building. Get the F out of this building. And I had my editor was with me and makeup was with me and hair. And they were like, <gasps> and I said, what did you say? She said, You heard me, get the F out of this building. And I was thrown out of ABC. I didn't say one word. I said, Everybody, let's go. And the next week, I made number one on the New York Times. So I thought about sending her flowers, but (laughs) I didn't think she was worth it.
0: Well, we, uh, you know, I know you as a a courageous, confident, uh, accomplished woman uh, and uh, understand you have a tight schedule here what, what would you share with again people from the midwest mm-hmm. as we're looking at very uncertain period of time right now it's it's november and an election year with still a, a no concession but one side has uh has accepted mm-hmm. share with the people in the midwest how we should view
1: what's happening right now well first of all nothing is over until it's over Uh, In a presidential race, the media does not call elections. Uh, And in this presidential race in particular, uh, the media brought you Russia collusion for four years and ripped this country apart. There was not one shred of evidence, not one, nothing, And yet, this is a group of people who wanted us to believe that the president was racist and everything else and xenophobic. Uh, I'm telling you, it's not over till it's over. We need the states to certify. We need the electors to vote on December 14th. There are lawsuits pending all over this country. We'll see what happens. But I'm telling you that, that it's not over. It's just not.
0: Well, we really appreciate you coming to visit us. It's, it's Janine, with you, JP. I know the family and friends we're happy to see. And regardless you. of politics, some people might agree, some might not agree. Right. I believe we can all, as Americans, respect what you've accomplished mm-hmm. and love you for your passion uh, and love that you're here with us today. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you.
1: And let me just say one more thing to put you at ease and everyone else. If it's determined that Joe Biden has won, he is my president. And that's what America's all about. Thank you. We'll end it with that. Thank you very much, Shane.